We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, and it's Wednesday. I know I told you I'd get this episode out to you yesterday, but hey, I'm uh, running a little bit behind. Uh, my wife actually didn't go to work last night because, you know, when I record, is always the nights that my wife goes to work, but uh, she had to switch. Uh, and make it tonight and then I also told you that Friday is going to be the start of the Batman series well uh, I have some good news and I have some bad news Uh, what the bad news is is that there won't be a Batman episode coming out to you this week as I originally thought because of the fact of uh, this weekend is the cancer walk uh, that my wife has been uh, is, is helping out in remember I told you guys a couple episodes ago that we were selling some cancer bracelets and half of the money goes to the Relay for Life Walkathon. Well, um, that is going to be taking up our time this weekend. I forgot about that. So next week, uh, you'll be getting two two episodes. Uh, but here's the cool thing. Uh, talk with Jason today. Uh, everything's cool. We got it all worked out. And tomorrow night, we are going to be recording the Batman and Robin episode. So please, because uh, I'm going to get this episode out to you tonight. So uh, if you have not gotten the message yet on Facebook or in the group page, or on Twitter, please feel free to email in your thoughts to sweepdillypodcast.yahoo.com. I'm Batman and Robin. Get it in before tomorrow night. We're going to be recording about 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. So you'll have plenty of time uh, to go ahead and watch the movie and then go ahead and send in your thoughts. Remember, it's sweepdillypodcast.yahoo.com. So next week, there'll be two episodes because i got to keep on track. For the uh, Dark Knight Rises episode. And then the following week. I'm actually going to be on vacation. This is the week of the 25th. So there won't be any new episodes that week. And then the following week. I'll pick it up with two more episodes. So it's going to be jam packed with the Batman series. I'm super excited for that. I have been watching non-stop commentaries. And special features. And it's just. I'm just so pumped up for the Batman series. I can't wait. And, uh, and the funny thing is I'm starting off with the worst one uh, tomorrow night. But it's going to be fun though, man. It's going to be good times. I'm, I'm hoping it'll be 
exciting. So, uh, so yeah, that's what, that's some of the updates I wanted to give you before we get into this uh, review of uh, one of the most hated films in all of history, Bad Boys 2. Uh, I haven't made it a secret that I enjoyed this movie. However, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. So rewatching it again, I've had uh, some new, uh, you know, new views on the film that I'm hoping that, uh, you know, I can kind of uh, give my opinions on some things. And uh, whether, you know, you disagree, you know, hopefully you can understand where I'm coming from on certain things and then other things I can totally agree with people on. So it'll be interesting to talk about, which we'll do in just a little bit. But uh, before we do, let's get into some movie and music news. I'm wide awake and you look perfect next to me. And this photograph, I look so deep, sometimes I hear you breathe. I'm here alone, trying to hang on to my soul. But the distance takes it so you know, you know. I'm out here doing all I can. You make me everything I am. Give me strength to get through somehow. I keep praying. All right, so the first bit of news today is uh, good old House. Yes, the actor that plays House, he is going to be attached in the RoboCop film. Uh, I'm super pumped for that. Uh, you know, I talked about earlier how Samuel L. Jackson is attached to RoboCop, and I don't care who he plays, just the fact that he's going to be in the movie is awesome. Really looking forward to this remake. It sounds like they're they're hopefully going in the right direction, and they're treating it... Uh, you know, with respect, I'm hoping at least. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see the, the redesigns. You know, Total Recall, at first, I was having issues with that film. But the more previews I see and the posters and everything like that, I'm getting more excited for it. And, uh, you know, Colin Farrell, uh, I, I thought that uh, he did a really good job uh, as best as he could, at least in the Fright Night film. I really enjoyed that remake. And, uh, and I have really high hopes for the Total Recall remake that's coming out and uh and what's really cool is i'm really glad that i skipped a few things this weekend uh snow white and huntsman the wife and i were going to go check that movie out however a lot of my friends have told me some negative things about the film and i just recently uh listened to some podcasts on it and it just kind of gave me the confirmation prometheus you know a lot of people are excited about that film which is great but for me, I never seen any of the Alien films, so it's kind of hard for me to get excited about a film like that. Uh, when I have, you know, I, I guess you could watch it on its own merit, which is great. I mean, I would probably check it out, but I don't want to go to the theater to watch it. But uh, I've heard good things about it. I'm glad people are excited. I'm glad they're getting what they're expecting. It's always good when, uh, you know, when you have such high expectations for a film and it actually delivers on that. That's really good. That's awesome. So I'm happy for you guys that have seen Prometheus. I don't have any opinions on it. I don't have anything against not watching it, but I'm just not seeing that one in the theater, and I'm glad that I skipped Snow White. And then Piranha 3 Double uh, D, remember I was kind of joking how I was going to go see that in the theater, but of course it was limited release. So as I mentioned in the last episode, it is actually on uh, on demand 
where you just pay six bucks and, and, and download it. But The Amazing Spider-Man, I am very excited to go see that. And the cool thing is, is that uh, with Jason coming on tomorrow, I'll be excited to talk to him about that film a little bit, get some, uh, throw some ideas off him. Because the last time he was on during uh, Buried, it's kind of funny. Uh, we were talking about Spider-Man and, and Batman, and, and we're finally to the point now where these movies are going to be released in just a couple of weeks. So it'll be cool to kind of get a a, a, re, uh, a rehash of that talk to see how things have uh, have changed and uh, and how excited we are and stuff. It'll be good times. So I'm getting pretty pumped up, and it's cool if you are get you know if you're on Get Glue, which you which if you're not, you should be. They do a Gwen Wednesday which is where every Wednesday they release a new sticker, which is Gwen, who's played by Emma Stone. So it's pretty cool, uh, really good. They're pretty cool-looking stickers, so I highly recommend you go check that on out. So uh, The Dark Knight Rises is going to have a mobile game. There's actually a teaser trailer, so um, go ahead and check that on out. Um, if you need a link to that, feel free to let me know, and I will go ahead and post that for you. But just be on the lookout for the mobile game that's going to be coming and then there's also going to be 16 ounce Mountain Dew uh, promotion going on and I saw these cans they're actually on eBay right now they look flipping sweet Uh, they look really really awesome so uh, I have a request if you happen to come across any of the Dark Knight Rises Mountain Dew cans it's going to be a limited release please let me know that uh, they've come out around where you live that way I can be on the lookout where I am I'm going to my local gas stations and and stores to look for this Mountain Dew because the promotion is going to kick in very soon for Mountain Dew. Uh, there's actually a really tall display of Batman currently that, I, that I've seen on eBay, but it hasn't hit the stores yet. So just be on the lookout if you're a Mountain Dew drinker or you're not a Mountain Dew drinker. Uh, these cans, they look really sick. They're awesome looking. Uh, I really highly recommend you go, if you're not a Mountain Dew drinker, just buy it and empty out the the Mountain Dew, whatever, keep the can. But when you do see it, please let me know. So that means if you see it, I should be seeing it very soon. So in other news, if you uh, are a fan of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek film, as you know, there's going to be a sequel. Now, the cool thing is, is that this is actually going to release in the IMAX 3D. So hopefully, uh, for all you fans out there of the Star Trek film, of you know the J.J. Abrams, which I have not checked out yet, but I'm willing to check it out. Uh, the sequel is going to be released, though, in IMAX 3D, which is pretty cool. Uh, more movies are getting the IMAX treatment. And, uh, you know, of course, The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, I went on eBay yesterday, and it's $145 to buy a midnight showing ticket at an IMAX, uh, at an IMAX theater. Ridiculous. But, uh, you know, I'm lucky. I live in a small town. I don't have to worry about that kind of crap. Uh, you just show up a couple hours before the movie goes, and, uh, and there you go. You can just you can just get on in. And the last bit of news that I had for you was uh, Gremlins 2. It's going to be released on Blu-ray very very soon. You know I'm a big fan of this film. I haven't got around to reviewing it yet, but uh, you know I talked about it as my Christmas episode uh, above all episodes. And uh, I'm I can't wait to do part two, which that'll be happening after the Batman series at some point. But I'm very excited to see that the Blu-ray is going to be coming out. That was just announced today. So be on the lookout for that Blu-ray. So uh, let's get into some music news here, which shockingly I don't have a whole lot of. Uh, you know, music news is a lot harder to, to come up with in regards to weekly because there's not usually a whole crap load of stuff that happens in music every single week like there is in uh, movies. But 
I do have some cool news for you Michael Jackson fans out there. Uh, my actual favorite album, Michael Jackson, is still bad. That album is actually the one that uh, made me like Michael Jackson. And uh, we're actually going to get an anniversary edition. Uh, it's coming out in September. And it's going to be a three-CD di- uh, three set. And then you get a DVD, like a concert DVD. So it's going to be really cool. Um, again, it's coming out in September. And it's pretty awesome. I, I love that CD bad. It's some good times. So uh, be on the lookout for that CD coming out in September. But like I said, uh, you know, with us being in June, July, we're going to start to see a lot of uh, bigger artists come out with uh, CDs and stuff pretty soon because it's the summertime. So we're going to get some summertime jams soon, and I cannot wait. So uh, let's get into some TV news. You have too much TV. That's what my mother tells me. All right, so for TV news, Katie Cassidy, uh, she was in season three of Supernatural and I became a big fan of her, and then she was in Harper's Island. Uh, if you did not know already, she is actually going to be in the TV show Arrow that's coming out on the CW, which is, you know, the green arrow, but of course you don't want to put green in front of the title because anything with green in front of the title usually bombs. But she was just talking about the character that she's going to be playing and, uh, and uh, I'm pretty excited. Now that I know she's actually in the show, I may actually want to check it out. I wasn't really too interested in it before, but I really enjoy Katie Cassidy. She's always a good time. And I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, maybe checking out the first two or three episodes and, and give it a shot. You know, because uh, I, I usually give a show about three or four episodes. And by that time, I know if it's going to be headed in a, in a good direction or if it's just going to be total crap. But now that I know that she's in this TV show, I'm probably going to check it out. So, And then also, any of you Weeds fans out there, which is like a cable TV show. I've never seen it, but this will be the last season. Season 8, uh, there's only going to be 13 episodes and it's coming back on July 1st. That's a Sunday at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. So be on the lookout for that show. And then also... If you ever watch the show Chuck, which I know there's a lot of people that do, uh, the star Yvonne Stravansky is going to be joining Dexter. So I have no idea who that person is, but I do know there's a lot of Chuck fans out there. So if you are a fan of this actress, she is going to be joining Dexter, which I know is another show that a lot of people like to check out. So be on the lookout for that as well. And the last bit of news I had is uh, a lot of Dallas fans. Uh, we're talking old school Dallas fans. I mean, probably most of them are dead now. But it was a pretty big show back in the 80s. I mean, it was huge. And they really are probably the show that really started the whole cliffhanger. You know, when JR, uh, who shot JR, and then it just ended. It, it kind of really, I believe, started the whole revolution of having the cliffhanger season finale kind of thing. But... Uh, they are bringing that show back, and uh, they are actually going to have uh, JR uh, come back to play himself, which is pretty cool. It's going to be on uh, TNT, and uh, I'm not sure the exact date of when it's starting, but uh, it's very, very soon. Just like another week or so, I believe. I've seen previews for it. Uh, it was pretty cool, though, to see him uh, come back uh, June 13th. I apologize. It's already started, actually, tonight. So uh, if you hear this episode after uh, tonight, 
uh, which is fine because I'm sure most of you won't listen to this till tomorrow. But if you wanted to check out Dallas, it is actually going – it's TNT. They rerun everything, so don't worry about it. It'll be around. So, so that's all I got, guys, for TV news. So let's get into the review of Bad Boys 2. Some of it. Well, well, I was at a family barbecue. <laughs> Since 9-11, we've gone high-tech over the water, so the dope runners have gone low. The biggest shipment on record is coming in tonight, and we want to know who's behind it. What could go wrong with that? Review a lot. I can't be in a gunfight every day. We just want to talk. You want to talk? They can't hear you because they're still shooting at you. You all right, man? Bullets, man. Oh, excuse You didn't tell Marcus about us. No. Mike, he's my brother, okay? Don't be scared. Whoa, hey, I ain't say I was scared. <laughs> Just something wrong with your brother. <laughs> Mike, did you notice when we left, everybody was dead? No, no. We didn't kill the one dude. This has got to be the worst, most emotional cop week of my life. Yeah, it's been a little rough. The United States does not negotiate with hostage takers. This is not just a situation. It's my sister. I don't want to know what you guys are cooking up. We ride together. We die together. Bad boys for life. Alright guys, let's talk some Bad Boys 2. So, this is evidently one of the most hated films in all of history. Uh, I know a lot of uh, my podcast friends uh, absolutely hate this movie. Uh, that would probably be like Jason and Danny and uh, Jameson and uh, a couple other podcasts I listen to. Uh, they're not fond of this movie either. And, uh, you know, I really had to take that into consideration. Because, like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen this film. You know, I, I remember part one a lot because I've seen it a lot. And number two, I think I've probably seen it twice in my whole entire life. Um, and this, the last time I watched it, I was like, oh, I can't wait to watch Bad Boys 3, blah, 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 blah. And this was really before I started to get the whole Michael Bay, you know, hatred and that kind of stuff. So needless to say, uh, I was really interested to, to watch the film again and just kind of see what's the deal. Why do people, why do people hate it? You know, really kind of dig into the film and not just turn my brain off, but really just sit down pay attention and, and, and find out why do I like this film or why did I like the film and why do people hate it? So that's kind of what I wanted to explore a little bit here. So Bad Boys 2. 
Uh, this came out in 2003, and uh, as I said, it's a Michael Bay film, produced, of course, by Jerry Bruckheimer. And top billing is Martin Lawrence, when at this time, Will Smith is flipping Fourth of July King, Independence Day, Men in Black, I mean, you name it. So I don't understand why Martin Lawrence gets top billing above Will Smith. That always pissed me off. It still does to this day. Uh, it just, you know, I now that I now that I'm older, I I recognize the fact of why Jack Nicholson was top billing over Michael Keaton and Batman. It makes sense, but this doesn't make sense why Martin Lawrence is top billing over Will Smith. The first time around, it made sense. This time, it doesn't because Will Smith has been making the big bucks, pulling in the numbers, and Martin Lawrence really isn't at this point. He's doing Big Mama's House. So the movie grossed like $273 million worldwide. So it had like a budget of $130 million and uh, came out July 18th. And this movie's long. It's 148 minutes long. And I can feel that this movie is a lot longer than the first movie. So the basic plot of the film is this takes place about eight years after the first movie. So, of course, uh, Martin Lawrence plays Marcus Barnett. And then we have Will Smith who plays Mike Lowry. Now, one thing right off the bat I noticed why I like this film more than part one, why I, you know, I'm going to go off of my old, my overall um, thought process on the film, just watching again. I was like, this is a Will Smith movie. You know, the first one was Martin Lawrence. You know, it was mostly about, uh, you know, Martin Lawrence and Tia Leone and, and their story. And then Mike was kind of pushed to the side. This time, it's Mike Lowry is the is the main guy. It's really his movie. And Martin Lawrence is kind of takes a backside. So I think right off the bat, that's why I was like, okay, this is why I like Bad Boys 2 better than I like Bad Boys 1. Because it's a Will Smith film. And if it's a Will Smith film... I flip and love it. Nine times out of ten, I always dig it. So what really is going on in this film is uh, they're investigating the flow of this uh, ecstasy that comes into their city. And, I mean, this ecstasy is just really like um, just a tiny bit. And, man, you are just flying off the roof. So they have these uh, this surveillance of boats that they're coming in from Cuba, which uh, – we get uh, – they're led by this Ku Klux Klan meeting and drug drop-off in the swamp. Uh, and as Will Smith said, nobody does a beginning like Bad Boys 2. And you start off really with the with the Ku Klux Klan uh, meeting going on and Will Smith the Martin Lawrence bust out. And, of course, they have great one-liners, of course. And, uh, and the raid turns out to be a complete disaster. Uh, there's malfunctioning radios that uh, delay their backup. There's this firefight where Michael accidentally shoots Marcus in his butt. And uh, one of the clan members is revealed to be uh, like a mere small-time buyer and not the distributor of ecstasy that they thought. So, of course, the, this incident, uh, Marcus... Uh, he's just completely mad at Mike and uh, he, he's questioning basically if he still wants to be Mike's partner is what really is the the difference in this film compared to the the last one. You know, kind of like in Lethal Weapon 2, uh, Murtaugh just wants to retire. 
Uh, in this one, Marcus just wants to get rid of his partner, if you will. Now, there's really a, a cool story because you find out Mike is actually dating Marcus's sister, but Marcus doesn't know about it, and her name's Sid, played by Gabriel Union. Now, uh, unbeknownst to Mike and Marcus, uh, Sid is actually an undercover operative with the DEA. And uh, what her job in the movie is supposed to be an undercover uh, money launderer, uh, for some Russian gangsters. Now these Russian gangsters, they are the distributors of the excess of the ecstasy that you found out in the beginning of the film. Uh, but uh, there's always a bigger guy, right? There's always a, a top guy above that guy. Well, that guy would be Johnny Tapia. Uh, he's this Cuban drug lord, uh, and I like this bad guy way better than I like the first bad guy. Uh, he's just he's good times. He's funny. Now, uh, during uh, this guy, he has history with, you know, any time that they want to bust him, he's, it's always wrong for prosecution. He always sues the, my, you know, the, the Miami PD for like millions of dollars. So during, uh, her first assignment in Miami, there's this, uh, crazy gang attempt to hijack the money that's being transported between the Russians and Johnny Tapia, which of course puts Sid in danger. So Mike and Marcus, they stumble into the action, of course, and there's this intense firefight, car chase uh, between the gang members and, and the Miami uh, PD and the DEA. I mean, it's just a crazy, ridiculous, over-the-top over the action sequence. And, of course, it devastates the local area, enrages good old Captain Howard. Uh, he's just as great, uh, if not better, in this movie than it was in the first one. And then Micus and Mark, they do learn that Sid, uh, you know, that she's actually a DEA. And, of course, Marcus is unhappy with this. And uh, Captain Howard actually demands that they find the supplier of the ecstasy. I mean, uh, I'll get into the details about, you know, all that fun stuff. But, uh, essentially, he's trying to do everything he can to not get their department shut down because of all the damage that Marcus and Mike always do. So Marcus and Mike, what they do is they go to confront the, the one of the gang members, you know, from the from the Jamaican guys. And it results in this my favorite scene in the film, this firefight, uh not firefight, oh my gosh, this gunfight. It's flipping awesome. And uh the leader actually reveals uh that uh the transport came from one of his friends' camcorder. So then we get this really dumb you know, scene which I'll talk about in a little bit about they re they review the footage uh, at a local business and uh, you know there's this craziness that happens by watching this video. But all in all, they find out that they got to go to this Spanish Palms mortuary. It's kind of where they 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 kind of figure where the drugs are got to be there. You know, it's like it's like a front used by Johnny Tapia. So uh, at first they dis they disguise themselves as like these pet terminators, which is kind of funny. Uh, not pet, but pest. You know, like cockroaches and and stuff like that. So what what's kind of funny is uh, they go to the mansion of uh, of Johnny Tapia. They discover that Tapia has eliminated one of the Russian distributors because they find like his finger. Uh, in like a kitchen and uh, it's, it's just super crazy. 
And uh, then they also find out that uh, Sid, who's still undercover with the DEA, has refocused the investigation towards Johnny Tapia, which, of course, is a conflict between Marcus and Mike. You know, So, I mean, the story gets really kind of... It's not as simple as it was in the first movie. So I, that's part of the problem why I think people have an issue with the film. I mean, that's definitely one of the problems that I can recognize. So needless to say, there's actually um, there, one of the Ku Klux Klan members from the beginning of the film. They do find out that uh, one of the boats was involved. Uh, one of the boats involved from earlier in the film has evidence that kind of links Tapia so they find themselves involved in, of course, in another firefight. This time, uh, they're pursuing uh, this morgue van from the docks, which we get this real crazy, ridiculous, I mean, even more ridiculous than uh, the car chase on the highway. But uh, um, they actually learn that uh, the drug lord uses dead bodies to smuggle uh, the drugs and money in. And there's actually a scene where they're trying to uh, kind of prove this. And, and Marcus accidentally uh, takes some ecstasy, which, of course, almost nearly sabotages everything. Because uh, due to what happened earlier, they weren't allowed to really have a search warrant. It was just a you can only look, but you can't touch kind of search warrant. But uh, they actually go to Captain Howard's to get the search warrant that they need by showing the evidence that they that they picked up. But then we get, you know, he finds out that Marcus is full of ecstasy. And it just it's kind of a drowned out scene that I'll talk about in just a little bit. But all in all, though, they get their search warrant. They try to go to the, the mansion. But uh, right before they're about ready to kind of get in there, um, one of the Russian gangsters, which is played uh, by Peter Stormware, which is from Armageddon, the Russian guy in Armageddon. He's in this movie. I love this guy. Uh, he, he violently storms in. He actually gets killed off. Uh, and then Sid is actually in there, but she gets discovered that she's a cop. And then she gets kidnapped to go and she gets kidnapped. And of course, she goes back to Cuba. So Sid, um, what she is, she's a prisoner held in uh, held in uh, Johnny Tapia's like main house, but of course it's guarded by the Cuban military, and the drug lord demands that uh, they return his money in two days. He's gonna kill Sid, and then of course Mike and Marcus want to want to rescue her, but uh, the police won't do anything because diplomatic immunity and all that crap so essentially they do what they're not supposed to do and that's break into cuba to go rescue her but the cool thing is the captain is actually behind them on this you know and uh and part of the dea that worked with sid uh they want to go along with the ride so we got like some swat team and uh and the dea workers and it's just it, this ending is crazy uh, and really kind of falls apart. There's a lot of goodness at the end, but then there's also a bunch of crap that happens that I'll talk about in just a little bit. Uh, so they go to, you know, they go to the mansion. There's just a big battle going on. They they rescue Sid. Uh, and then, of course, they get, uh, you know, they get chased after. And they eventually have to go to uh, Guantanamo Bay because there's a U.S. naval base there. Uh, and Tapia, of course, holds Mike up at gunpoint by this point. So Marcus actually rescues Mike by uh, shooting Tapia in the forehead, which is a cool scene I'll talk about in a little bit. 
Uh, but they're also, though, just in case you didn't know, they're on landmines. So needless to say, it makes for a pretty interesting, gory ending. And then, uh, you know, after after Mike's rescued, uh, he does the kind of famous, now that's how you shoot, you, you know, like he did in the first one. Now that's how you drive. When you drive, that's how you do it. And uh, and then you find out at the end, Marcus decided not to transfer, that they're together, and he's okay with Mike dating Sid. And then it uh, they end off with kind of a joke with the pool breaking, and then they go into the Bad Boys theme song. So, you know, this movie was definitely uh, negative reviewed. It's 23% around in Tomatoes. Uh, a lot of it was um, criticized for its length, its brutality. Um, a lot of uh, maybe de- net nasty depictions of women, violent sense of humor. Uh, I can see all that. You know, Roger Ebert gave it uh, one out of four stars, making it one of uh, making it his worst movie of the year. Puts it above Jiggly, and uh, so yeah. Let's get into uh, let's get into some of the details, some of the things that uh, I actually like about the film, and then stuff that uh, that I don't. So you know, I talked about how uh, Martin Lawrence gets top billing, which I I don't like that at all. But it is what it is. You just got to move on. It was cool in the beginning to see Henry Rollins uh, as one of the cops. You know, he's not in it very too. He's not in it long. But uh, every time I see him, he's always a crazy character, and uh, he's always a good time. My favorite movie I've ever seen Henry Rollins in is The Chase. It has uh, Charlie Sheen and Christy Swanson in it. That's a really good time watching that. So the KKK scene, uh, really good times uh, in a certain sense. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, in the first movie, it starts off with the with the real funny exchange with the carjackers, and that worked that worked excellently. I thought it was an excellent open. Uh, you know, in this one, they're saying white power, white power, and then they pop out of their KKK outfits and say blue power, mother effer, uh, and then Mar- Marcus is like, oh yeah, it's the Negras, you know, and, and of course they. Uh, start singing bad boys, bad boys. And then, you know, they, they have the funny joke about how he doesn't remember the line, uh, which is funny, but, uh, the things kind of get a little crazy because they, they actually take Marcus hostage and you see, uh, Mike, you know, say, you know, my partner came here to die and Marcus is like, hell no, you know, and, and then they start to use the N word a lot, uh, in this scene. Which uh, didn't really happen in the last movie. It probably didn't. I think it only happened like once, if not twice, was the most. But in like this particular scene, they like say it like four times. So you're like, okay, uh, right away it kind of throws you off a little bit. You're not getting the same beginning that you got before. I do like how it's kind of played off. You know, when the guy holding Marcus hostage calls him that, he's like, now was that really necessary, sir? You know, you can't just call him a cop. You have to call him a, you know, a two. Uh, but th- then we get a gunfight, and uh, you get to see the first time slow motion bullet time, the Michael Bay style. And I did like the shot; I thought it was cool how it was going through the bottle, and then uh, it actually shoots through Marcus's rear end, and then hits the guy in the neck. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't think the beginning is is as strong as it was in the first movie. Uh, after you know rewatching it again, at first I, you know, from what I remember, I was like, oh, I, I love the beginning. But I can definitely say I enjoyed the beginning of the first one way better than I do the second one. 
Now, the uh, the other cops uh, in this film that work along with Marcus and uh, Mike is Carlos and Roberto. And they ha- always have a lot of Mexican jokes that they do. Like, isn't Ricky Martin having a concert? And they're like, you always got to go racial, man, you know. And, and these guys actually like them better than the first two guys that we had uh, in the first one. Uh, immediately, you can tell that their relationship is uh, like in the... Like in the first movie, the two guys that they always argued with, it really seemed like they did it all the time and it was really hateful. But in this one, they seem to joke around and immediately can just turn it off on a dime because they'll get serious when, you know, Michael just say out of nowhere, you know, no BS, this is what I need, blah, 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 blah. And they all work together, Uh, which I like these two characters a lot better than the other two uh, cops that they had to work off in the first film. So the Wusa, you know, because uh, when Marcus is shot, Mike asks him how it feels, and he says it feels like it's burning, and uh, and you know we kind of see the the anger that Marcus really has towards Mike, and you kind of get introduced to the Wusa uh, of the movie, which is supposed to calm down and not supposed to be angry. Uh, so I I kind of like that element, you know. In this film, Martin Lawrence is definitely chilled out. You know, in the first one, he was pretty hyper. Uh, pretty crazy and then this one I mean uh, his face has gained a little bit of weight but not too bad but uh, Mike is definitely taking over this movie so I think more or less if you're more of a Martin Lawrence fan you'll love the first one and if you're a Will Smith fan you probably would pick this over that one but as the as the movie continues to go on I think you'll find yourself liking the first one more than you would this one which obviously you know most people agree because of the of the simple hatred of the film now, one thing I, I like is like the the lethal weapon style where they bring in the family. You know, Teresa's back, uh, the kids are back, which I, I enjoy because you know you could have just simply recast. Uh, you know, because of the fact Marcus was shot in the behind, uh, he's having problems in the front. So, uh, but what I like about Teresa is she makes fun of Marcus for that. Uh, she doesn't feel sorry for him uh, when she, her and and Sid are talking about why he's angry and. And stuff like that. I do enjoy the fact of Teresa just kind of makes it makes fun of the situation. However, uh, that's really the only time you see Teresa in the film is the beginning of the movie. That's it. With all the crap that happens in this film, you would really think Marcus would really talk to her a lot more. You know, she was pretty much in the first one a lot. But unfortunately, in this film, she gets the shaft. She's maybe in it maybe six minutes, if that. Unfortunately, it's just the beginning and then... Uh, the very end where you don't even really see her too much. So that's kind of unfortunate. I really, you know, I really enjoyed her in the first movie and I would have enjoyed to have her more in this movie. So uh, when Mike shows up for the first time at Marcus's house, I do like the fact that, because, you know, Mike's trying to say he's sorry and he buys him like this butt cushion, which is supposed to help him stay off both cheeks when he sits down to use the toilet. Uh, and of course, I I really recognize the toilet humor in this movie, like Transformers 2 style toilet humor than, uh, than ever before, especially now after seeing Transformers 2, I can really notice it. It really doesn't start until a little bit later, but this is kind of the beginning of it talking about, you know, butt cheeks and stuff like that. I do like when, uh, you know, when Mike has one of the kids balls and he's like, there's no throwing balls in the house and Mike throws it anyway and he ends up breaking, 
glass. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, one good scene, though, is when uh, you do realize that Mike and Sid are actually together. There's the, both conversation going on between um, each person where Sid is trying to say, well, why didn't you tell Marcus about me? And then you see Teresa telling Marcus, well, why didn't you tell Mike that you're transferring? I do kind of like that uh, that camera angle and the shot sequence there. I thought that was really good. Uh, I, I like that tension that was building up. That was good. Um, and then the pool scene is kind of funny uh, when they talk about how it's a $3,900 pool and the kids don't appreciate it, uh, which is kind of funny. And they just said that it's crap. Uh, I like when Marcus says, Mike, can I see you by my stupid pool? Uh, and that's when they talk about, uh, you know, Marcus gets mad at him. Like, why you always got to come over to my house? This is family time. You know, why you got to do this to me? Blah, 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 blah. And the pool breaks and then the pool goes into the ocean, which I always thought was so stupid that people would have a pool next to an ocean. Always cracked me up. Uh, but I do actually enjoy the pool breaking and because it does actually pay off at the end of the film. Not a lot of things do pay off in this film, but that's one simple thing that does is Mike will buy him a pool later on in the film. Um, but some other things that uh, I actually liked in the film was... Uh, Gabriel Union, you know, um, I really know her from Bring It On. Uh, it's a Kirsten Dunst cheerleader movie. Uh, but I became a fan of hers after seeing that movie. She was the leader of the opposing team. Um, she she works well in this film. I like the fact of that they kind of tie it together that uh, she's Marcus' sister. And, and because we know Mike is the dog. You know, in the first movie, he's all about, you know, getting with every girl that he can. And this one, they do try to change the story around where he's just wanting to settle down with one person but Marcus knows his past that he doesn't do that I, I do like that aspect better uh, in this movie because of the fact that they are trying to uh, make Mike settle down but the fact he wants to settle down with Marcus you know let's say they get married that means Marcus would become his brother-in-law I think that's even that's even cooler you know of course we don't find we don't know if that really happens or not but I do like the fact of the the uh, the Mike and, and Sid relationship and Gabriel Union, she doesn't phone it in. She's really good. Now, the one scene that's really crazy is the Jamaican, you know, scene where they're, uh, where they're hijacking Sid. This scene is so crazy. There's one point where this one guy is hanging on a door and uh, Sid hits a wall and the guy, uh, the guy ends up, the, door breaks off and he goes flying to his death i mean they they really raise the stakes in this film which a sequel is supposed to do i would say michael bay is more violent in this film than he was the first time around uh the highway scene is really cool with like mike trying to dodge all the cars coming at him and things like that but where it kind of gets stupid is where there's actually one point where there's a car pile up mike grabs his gun and he does like a like a 180 and he just starts shooting all the bad guys well here's the thing you just don't go start shooting at people because number one i mean in, in all reality cops very rarely ever shoot their gun most of them don't want to but when you're going to be going to a public place and you do a 180 and you just start shooting a machine gun there could be innocent people that you're killing. So I had a problem with that scene. It may look cool, but I had a problem with it because of the fact of Mike would the Mike of Part One would not do something stupid like that where he would just start opening fire in public. He'd want to make it as safe as possible before he started shooting 
at、uh, a possible civilian and murder him. It may look cool, you know, just doing the spin and shooting and saying, now show him your badge, which is something that they were talking about. Like, you know, you're going to show him your badge and he's got a gun, shoot him. But、uh, that's when Mike does the shooting and he says, now show him your badge and then takes off. So, again, that scene may look cool, but I had a problem with it because Mike should not have been doing that. So, that wasn't really cool. I didn't really dig that too much. Now, I do like when Marcus actually shoots up the dashboard. That was something that would have been in like Bad Boys 1. I thought that was funny. He's like, shoot outside. And, and you see Marcus say that. My bad, my bad.、Uh, I did enjoy that. I thought that was funny. Uh, now, I do like when Mike actually goes up to Sid because Sid had to take care of herself, and Mar- Marcus has got done finishing yelling at her about, you know, how could you be so stupid to get in this mess? I really like when he's just really cool, calm, and collective, and just says, First time you used your gun, you know, you handled yourself well, and she's like, Too bad your partner didn't notice.、Uh, I-, I like that because he's being sensitive. Uh, he wasn't doing that too much in the first one, which is just kind of funny that you know, he'd start shooting at、uh, possible killing civilians, but then he's all super sweet with this girl.、Uh, but I do like that scene, though. I thought it was good. Now, it is funny when Mike says, You ready to go to the station to get our asses whooped? Because that takes you to the captain.、Uh, the captain's changed a lot in this film. He is trying not to be angry, so he tries to do the woosah, so you have to take your shoes off before you go into his office. He gets real frustrated when he starts to talk to them about what is their job description, and he just starts to go off and yell at them. I did find that actually funny. He's. One of the most shining lights of this film is the captain. He's always a good time. I love the guy. He does a much better job in this one than he did in the first one. He just has much better lines and、uh, just better situations to yell at the guys about. So he was flawless in the film. Like when he's trying to be calm after he does the wusa and he goes,、uh, What was subtle about your work today? And then、uh, he sees the TV and he goes, Okay, so you got no money, you got no drugs. So, all of that was for nothing, and he points to the TV. And、uh, I, I just thought it was, it was funny. It was good. And then when Mike gets the call about how his dashboard's going to be $21,000,、uh, he's like, just for the dashboard? That was funny because you're like $21,000 for damage, but of course you find out it's a Ferrari. So, of course it's going to be that high. But that whole scene with the captain, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a really excellent scene.、Um, That, that worked very well for me. It, this movie is really, there's a lot, there's certain scenes that I, that I really enjoy and love. But as an overall whole, I can see why people hate this film and I can see why everybody says number one is better. So I will immediately agree with you that number one is better. There are certain scenes that I like better than part one, but as an overall whole, The movie is not better than part one and does have its problems. So I do recognize that fact and I can see it now that I'm looking at it as a more、uh, objective viewing than just sitting there and just turning my brain off and watching the film. So now, Victor Tapia,、um, I like this guy because he's, he's a lot funnier than the other guy. For example,、uh, he's talking to his right hand man,、uh, his name is like Roberto, and He asks him a question. He goes, Should I be worried about my money? And the moment that the guy talks, he's like, Shut the F up. You know, it's just like it was a real funny way of kind of seeing. I mean, it wasn't his first time you saw him, but it was really the first time you get to see him in his own house because his daughter, you could tell he loves his daughter. She doesn't know the kind of person that he is. 
But uh, she's always like, hey, Poppy, do I look good in this dress? And, of course, he tells her she does. And the other guys kind of laugh at her. And he just turns around and, you know, he threatens one of the guys. Don't you ever do that to my daughter again. So I, I like this guy. He Even though he's a he's a drug lord, uh, he loves his kid. You know, but I guess what drug lord doesn't love their kid? I guess that's kind of the one thing that always happens in, like, the crime TV shows and the movies is that you have the really hardcore bad guy. But there's one person in his life that he absolutely loves that he would do anything for uh, it shows that they have some sort of humanity left in them I guess so I, I like the fact of uh, you know he, he just loves his daughter which is pretty awesome so uh, Marcus is really on a spiritual journey in this movie you know the Wu is what he does he just tries to be not angry talk things out so Mike kind of gives him you know crap he's like you know that's fine uh, you know if you want to be all spiritual but I need to know if a crackhead were to come up to me are you going to shoot him you know and uh, and they start to have a conversation about uh, how Marcus uh, might not have Mike's back and stuff like that. Uh, but then, of course, they work together when they go to uh, the snitch, the guy that uh, did not provide the correct information in the beginning of the film. Uh, I like when they go and bust up a shop. That scene is something that would have been in Bad Boys 1 where they work together to bust up a bad guy's shop to get him to say the information that he wants. I like that scene a lot. I really, really enjoy that. But my favorite scene of the whole entire movie is the the 360 shootout scene. And that's where uh, my favorite, where the Jamaicans say, who's in my house? And, and Mike's like, the devil. He goes, the devil not welcome here. I mean, he like stretch out his word here. Uh, but they're doing like a 360 camera around Will Smith and the bad guys. And they start to do a shootout. And then you see uh, Marcus in the other room. And, uh, and, of course, Mike starts yelling at him. He goes, you want to talk? Go ahead. And then he crosses his hand. They can't hear you because they're still shooting. I, that, I just love that scene. The camera. Oh, this is so awesome. I mean, you say what you will about Michael Bay. But there's some scenes that he knows how to shoot really, really well. And this is one of those. This is definitely one of those top three, top four best scenes shot by Michael Bay hands down i just i love this scene i could watch this particular scene over and over again i just love the way it looks and the cool thing is there's a lot of violence but there's not like for example there's one time where you know uh mike shoots a guy in the back of the head and then you'll see the bullet come out of his head but then there's another one where a guy looks in a peephole and he just shoots the gun and you don't see the guy's brain explodes so it's kind of unbalanced which kind of sucks i wish they would have not had the the bullet go out through the guy's head. I think it would have been better if it was just subtle and you could have used your own imagination. That's the really only flaw. That's the only flaw of this particular scene is the fact of they should have just not made it grotesque. You know, it's kind of my issue with that. But otherwise, that's my favorite scene of the film. Now, the best scene that Marcus has in this film is when uh, after the shootout's done, he goes up to the only survivor left because Mike's killed them all. And he's like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I got to apologize. You were just shooting and, and, you know, the guns made me stressed out. Woosa, woosa, you know, and then he does a spin kick and goes, woosa, mother effer. You know, what's up? You know, and that was just, that was hysterical. 
All right, so let's talk about one of the two most, uh, I would say, probably most controversial scenes in the film, uh, and that's the video store scene. So this is definitely the Michael Bay grotesque scene, uh, and the reason why I say that is this is where they watch the video where they find out about uh, the mortuary, but it turns into uh, a sex video, which in the first one, it was pretty toned down. You really didn't have, I mean, I think you had a strip scene, like they're at a strip bar, but they probably only showed like one girl. And if they did, it was maybe for like three seconds. But I mean, this girl is, you know, she's having sex and they show the video on, on the whole entire thing. And it's, it's supposed to be funny, but it really isn't. Um, there's actually, uh, this one, this one lady, uh, with her kids. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's wrong at the same time. Uh, because of the fact of Mike and Marcus, they go to the back room and Marcus expresses to Mike how due to the fact that he's been shot in the butt, he unfortunately can't have sex. And, uh, and it turns to be like a gay conversation and everybody's watching and it's all on video and things like that. It's supposed to be funny, but it really isn't. I mean, it definitely wasn't something that was in part one. And, uh, I think that, uh, people that like the gross out humor would probably think this is real funny. I think it's, you know, I can tolerate it, but I, I don't start laughing hysterically at it. The, the girl, the lady though, I do kind of laugh at because she's like, you know, in front of my babies, you got porno and homo shows up in here. What kind of freak ass story is this? And then when Marcus and Mike come out, she goes, you mother effers need Jesus, which of course is just wrong just uh it's so bad but uh, i get a little chuckle out of that but otherwise that scene just really doesn't work it's supposed to but i i agree with most people that that scene just doesn't really work so the rat scene uh again this is another gross out scene where uh you know they go to the mansion uh to try to plant bugs and uh and marcus is afraid of the rats well they actually have one rat doing uh, having a, having sex, which Michael Bay always has a whole dog humping one another in Transformers 2 and then the robot humping and this time you actually get to see two rats having sex, which again in the first movie you would not have, you, you wouldn't have had that. So this is probably Michael Bay thinking that it's funny if we throw this scene in there. Uh, I didn't really dig it. I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was funny. Uh, it was kind of lame uh, myself. And again, just, just another attempt that gross out humor. Now, uh, there is one returning character, Fletcher, which is the uh, the computer hacker from the first movie. He has really thick glasses. Uh, he's actually working for the police this time, which is pretty cool. Uh, I do like it when he tells Mike, he's like, Mike, can you teach me how to shoot people? Uh, because he's got, he actually gets a bribe that he gets Laker floor seats if he helps to break in to the security system. Uh, to, so that way they can kind of try to get their warrant kind of thing. I do like seeing him back. I thought he was pretty good. I didn't have any issues with his scene. I thought it was good. But again, uh, not, not really a priceless scene like it would have been in, in number one. Now, there is one scene that I, I really enjoy, and this would have been a number one, and they start to uh, they play the Shake Your Tell Feather song, which I don't like, which is why I didn't have it in the introduction. Uh, I thought the soundtrack to 
to part one was awesome, and I thought the soundtrack to number two just sucked. I didn't like it whatsoever. But uh, in slow motion, Mike comes out in like this purple suit, and it's uh, what I like is where he tells Marcus, "Don't hate the player, hate the game." And you see Marcus say, "Hate the tailor." That's something that would have been in part one, and I just thought it was hysterical. That was good stuff. All right, so let's talk about the elephant in the room, probably the most controversial scene uh, in Bad Boys Two, and. Uh, this scene is going to this is probably the scene that caused people to hate this film. Now, there's you know, it depends on how you want to look at this. And the scene I'm talking about is the uh the Reggie scene where they say the N-word like 70 times. Now, here's the thing. You know, I grew up in Chicago, you know, uh I I grew up in like uh it was a pretty bad part of town. I I lived on the south side of Chicago, so I had a lot of uh gang activity, I had a lot of tagging. You know, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to play basketball with my friends and and there'd be a gunshot and we'd all have to have to duck down. It wasn't a fun place to live. You know, if you uh walked outside and um, you know, you you were wearing the wrong colors, you know, it could be a bad day. So I'm you know, I'm very, you know, I had a lot of diverse friends. I had a lot of Mexican friends. I had a lot of black friends, you know, and, and my black friends would always call each other the N word. It's just something that they do. I didn't have a problem with it. Now, of course, a white dude isn't going to tell another, you know, tell, tell his black friend, uh, that even if they're super, super close, you know, it's cause to them it's disrespectful, but to another black guy, to another black guy, it's, it's what they do. You know, it's like another white guy telling another white guy he's a honky, you know, it's just something they do. So this scene, uh, is supposed to be funny. Um, I don't have a problem with it, but it also, if somebody, you know, just lives in a, in the country and, and has a clean lifestyle, never had any problems, this scene would totally offend them and make them want to shut the movie off because of the fact of uh, Reggie wants to come date uh, Marcus's daughter. And he's like, who, who the F are you? And he goes, I'm Reggie. And he goes, how old are you? 13. He's like, mother F for you look 30. And then you see, uh, he's, and he pushes him against the wall and says, young Thundercats trying to take out my daughter, which I thought was hysterical. But then Mike uh, pretends to be drunk and he's like, who who that? You know, and he starts to go off. And it's just, they say the N word like, I don't know, like I said, 50 to 70 times. I don't have a problem with it. I actually laugh at the scene, but I can totally see if somebody would hate this scene and think it was disrespectful. But I get it, but most people probably wouldn't get it. And uh, again, it's the elephant in the room. It's probably the scene that uh, it's actually, if you go on YouTube, it's the most watched scene of the entire film. It's been shown like millions and millions of times. But again, it just depends on how you want to take the scene. So would I say it's the greatest scene in the film? No, I would not say it's the greatest scene in the film. Do I laugh at it? I do. But it's just because of where I come from. I, it doesn't bother me you know, whatsoever. But it's just all about a respect thing. And you know, I totally get and respect if somebody doesn't dig it. So, so moving on from that scene, uh, let's talk about some other stuff here. Uh, this scene's kind of gross. Uh, that's where they're examining the bodies. Uh, now, we know Marcus, uh, from the first movie, he throws up if he is around a dead body. But he doesn't actually throw up in the first one. But this one, they actually show it. So, again, uh, taking it to the next level, you, you see him throw up. But uh, there's actually, you know, Mike digging around in a body. And, and he's like, uh, you know, Marcus like, well, why don't you just check his spine while you're in there? And he thinks he pulls out drugs, but instead he pulls out a spleen. You see Marcus throw up. Uh, there's one scene where Mike actually uh, takes the covers off and you see a 
naked girl with big boobs. And it's kind of funny when he's just like cover up, you know, show some dignity. But uh, they this kind of grossed out humor because they have Marcus eventually ride uh, on uh, ride with the dead girl and they show her boobs with his face and stuff like that, which again, this really wouldn't have happened in part one. I think this is just supposed to be funny, but it really doesn't come across as funny. But I do like the ecstasy scene, though. It is funny. It's really the first time in this movie Martin Lawrence is actually uh, funny. And he's not trying to be held back and, and whine and complain. He's actually he's actually loosened up, you know. So the whole captain scene and, and him just being crazy and looking at fish like, you know, uh, this is uh, this is a beautiful fish, you know, big eyes, but a nice effing fish, you know. Uh, but I do like it when the captain's like, what's going on here? And he gets off the phone and says, you know, Poison Lady says we need to keep him cool. Otherwise, he could burn up and cause brain damage. And Mike's like, nobody even noticed that. Uh, that was funny. I do enjoy the ecstasy scene. It, t- it could kind of be in part one. Uh, but for me, it does work. This whole entire sequence does work. I don't have any problems with it. I do really enjoy this scene a lot. So, um, and I do like when uh, they get a righteous bus, when the captain, uh, you know, tells them it was a righteous bus and they look at each other and point and they're, they're happy. That was cool because you really didn't get to see the captain in the first one really uh, give them praise for their work. It's always them, you know, yelling at him and stuff like that. Now, uh, in the first one, I, I said one of my favorite scenes is when, uh, when Mike pulls Marcus uh, off of the off of the street before he gets hit by the car, and they both pick up their heads in slow motion. Well, they do that same effect in this one, but it's when you know Marcus gets the phone call that they have Sid, and uh, it, and the camera just goes in slow motion and pulls up. I love that scene. That that's awesome. And he just says, you know, crap just got real. So let's talk about um, the ending of this film. So I agree, this movie's at least twenty minutes longer than it should have been. I do love this the the line about where he says, you know, we ride together, we die together, bad boys for life. You know, I love it because you actually see them hug for the first time. You never got to see them do that in the first one. And if these two have been best friends forever and stuff like that, it was just really cool to see uh, to see Mike hug Marcus. That was good times. Uh, but this end sequence, man, is I have a love hate relationship with this end sequence. I like the, uh, you know, trying to, to, to go to Cuba to rescue Sid. Uh, here's some of my issues. Number one, uh, they purposely tried to get the daughter and the mom, uh, and put them in like a closet, you know, so that way they're out of the way, but they don't, they don't kill them. Right. They just hit the mom in the face with like a gun, but they, they just get the girl and, and they just calmly put her in the closet. They don't want nothing to happen to them. The next scene, they blow up the house, which means they flipping murdered the daughter and the mom. Okay, you you could say the mom was bad, but seriously, if you were a real good cop, you never would have let the daughter die. That always pissed me off when they blow up the house and there's no there's no evidence that says that the daughter got out. It, your intention to believe is that the daughter and the mom are still in the house when it blew up always made me mad and I just I hate that it just is so it really brings it down for me I just really hate that it's so annoying I'm not sure if there's a deleted scene on it I didn't check but point being it's in the main film it irritates and bugs me to no end 
Um, but I do like, you know, when the when the radio control truck goes to the soccer guys and the soccer guys blow up. I thought that looked really cool. Uh, the gunfighting was always good. Trying to rescue Sid was cool. But then we get the stupid scene where they take the Hummer and they drive through and bust up like hundreds of houses. Okay, They talk about how it's going to like blow up. But seriously, if you've seen Fast Five... You know that these people live in these houses, these tiny shacks, okay? They're not empty. So supposedly, for coolness looking sake, they take the Hummer and they just fl- they just splash through all these houses, man. I mean, we're talking at least a hundred or two. You mean to tell me there wasn't a single person that was in one of those shacks? Their house, shack, whatever you want to call it. That was stupid. It was dumb. I hate that. I just you should have had another way of doing this where it made sense. This makes no sense. You know, it's just dumb. I don't like it. Now, when they get to Guantanamo Bay, I like this scene. I think it rocks because uh, they get on there and and Marcus is like, "We're Americans. I pay my mother f and taxes." You know, uh, I like the the landmines. That was cool. You know, I can handle that kind of violence where somebody blows up from a landmine because you got to uh, raise the stakes. Um, and you know, it was cool to see Marcus shoot in slow motion. It, it shoots Victor. Uh, you know, again, it was a little too violent than it would have been in the first movie, but it was funny to see Mike say, now that's how you shoot. I want my next partner to shoot like that. He's gotta be messed up to shoot somebody like that. He goes, but my next partner better invite me over to barbecues and stuff like that. Uh, and I like the scene where he, he dug, he goes down on one knee and says, I, I came all the way to the Cuba for this and then gives her a kiss. I thought that was cool. But overall though, um, you know, it just that whole driving through the houses thing always bothered me. And you could have easily cut 20 minutes off of this film. And then the overall ending was kind of funny. Uh, it was good to see the two in the pool kind of bickering at one another. And then the pool breaks. And he's like, I kept the warranty. And I like how it ends with them singing the Bad Boys song. So, uh, you know, I was always uh, a person that uh, said this movie is... B- unbelievably awesome it's way better than the first one i can never understand the hate but you know it had been like i don't know at least uh six years since i had seen it again so and i've actually had to watch this twice because the first time i watched this and i was getting ready to record i lost my notes so i had to re-watch the film to take all the notes down so seeing it twice in the same week uh i really got i really got to see the flaws of the film so overall is this movie uh, better than the first one. No, it's not. The first one is is the is better than the second one. Are there scenes in this film that are better than scenes in part one? Yes, there is. Uh, those scenes are the ones that I pointed out. Uh, are there many? No, there's not many. Does this movie completely suck and should it be hated? You know, that would depend on the kind of day you're having. You know, it, I guess it would depend on the kind of person you are, the, the background you come from, what offends you, what doesn't offend you, is really how this movie is going to affect people differently. The overall consensus is, is that the movie sucks. You know, I can I can see why people would say that. I enjoy the movie. Um, I think I would enjoy it more if I'm just sitting down and having wanting to watch some big dumb fun but if i actually got to think about it then i can see the issues with the film um as far as rating wise go uh i would more than likely let's say the first one i can't even remember what i gave it i think i gave it four stars i would i would rate it below the first one i would say i'd give this about a three and a half 
uh, and it would raise whatever my score is of the first one now that I've seen the second one in full detail. I enjoyed the first one over the second one because I kind of see uh, it, part two makes part one look that much better. You know, is this the Transformers 2? Not really, because of the fact of Transformers 2 was way, way beyond the ridiculousness of this film. I mean, this is more like a, 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 a baby compared to the adult of Transformers 2. So I would say that uh, as an overall um, 1 and 2, I would say that you know, you're always going to enjoy one and you have to be in the mood to watch two. So I would give two, just the three and a half because I, I did have fun with the film. There are a lot of, there are those couple scenes that I really enjoy that really are better than part one, but as an overall whole, it doesn't work and it, it raises the score of part one. So I would say probably one, it would be a very strong four week, four and a half. And then number two would be uh, a one star completely below number one. So like a three and a half. So that's my review of Bad Boys 2. So let's hear what the STL Nation had to say. Alright, our first email comes from Monday Night Jason, and he's like, What's up, Mr. Masunis and the STL Nation? Being such a fan of the first movie, I felt it would only be right that I drop a few lines on the awesome action flick known as Bad Boys 2. And, you know, me and uh, me and Jason, we talk every day on Facebook. Uh, we talk all the time about just music and life and podcast and uh, just tons of stuff, you know, really good friends. And uh, he definitely shared my love of Bad Boys 2, and he was just like, I don't see why anybody can hate this film. Uh, you know, hopefully uh, he won't be too disappointed in my review of the film because, you know, uh, just by watching it, the way that I did really kind of made me see things differently. But I still enjoy it, and I don't hate the film at all. So uh, here's what he had to say. He goes, um, I was surprised that I love this flick as much, if not a little better, than the first one. In my opinion, the story itself has some problems, but I think the action makes up for it, uh, which, yeah, the story is really, as you know, as I was doing the description, just really, oh, really drawn out. A lot of confusion. I love the chase scene on the freeway, which I do too, the dead bimbo incident, and my favorite part of the film, the shootout at the house. I hear you, sir. Uh, I love the way that whole scene was down. Uh, went down. There is uh, some side plots that I would have trimmed out of the film, but that would take away from the awesome one-liners that made me love the film. I know this flick is on the lot of, a lot of critics' worst movies list, but to me, it's a pretty decent action flick. Both Will Smith and Martin Lawrence brought their A-game. If they decide to ever do a part three, I'm sure they will do it again, uh, which I agree. Both of them did excellent in their in their role i had no complaints with will smith or martin lawrence uh well i guess that's it for now uh, about to do some house cleaning which jam into some 12 stones which is awesome sir uh props to you uh my rock my rock hand goes out to you and uh go dig up judge dread for my dvd grave for next week till then you guys take it easy and holla at you later which obviously this came in before i did the judge dread episode uh monday night jason ps cover up them dead boobies so 
Uh, thank you, sir, so much for writing in. Always a good time to hear from you. Uh, the next one comes from uh, John the Music Man. He said, Hello, Mr. Masunas. Bad Boys 2 has one of the best openings in any movie. I love the bickering back and forth and how they uh, call each other out about not knowing the words to the song, which you're right. I love that. That is absolutely priceless. Now, I still like the first one better, but still a funny buddy cop film. And since a fan of my fellow Philly guy, Will Smith, I like his style in the film, and he is awesome in this film. John from Philly, who now has Bad Boys, Bad Boys stuck in his head. So thank you, sir, so much for writing in. Excellent times. So this is going to be a fun email. Uh, Jameson the Great writes in, and uh, he hates this film. So this is going to be an interesting email. He said, all right, my contrarian friend, which Jameson is the one that gave me my nickname, Contrarian Masunis, because, you know, I like all the crap that people don't. Uh, he said, just for you, I revisited Bad Boys 2. This is something I would uh, never have done on my own. So thank you, sir, for taking your time out and watching a movie that you hate and despise. Uh, to give me an email. So thank you, sir. That's awesome. He goes, uh, you know my feelings about the original and how I enjoyed it. Unfortunately, I can't join you in your excitement of this one. It's really bad. It's not in a so bad it's good way. It's just bad. The story is so ridiculous and over the top, there's barely any reality left to it. The jokes are mostly rehashed from before, and the explosions are just silly. The love interest side story with Gabriel Union along with her whole DEA deal is blah. Uh, if the first movie was a cliche in a good way, this is almost a parody of itself. Martin Lawrence's character becomes just so annoying towards the end, which I can actually see uh, how he would become annoying. Uh, so, you know, that's cool. Uh, but my biggest complaint is since when do the local cops go to Cuba to rate compounds and take on the Cuban military? Seriously. Well, I, you know, as I was saying before, they legally weren't allowed to go. You know what I mean? They they weren't going to go and rescue Sid. They said, you know, due to diplomatic community and all that stuff, you know, they, they secretly went in there. So it's not like, uh, you know, the local police were sent there to raid the compounds. You know, they broke in. You know, they, they were doing some, some Rambo style, you know, breaking in, steal the hostage and get out. So I, I can – I don't see – how that's a problem but you know it is what it is sir he says uh, it's all just too ridiculous for me i know you love bad movies and i'm usually on board with you but this one you're on your own i enjoyed your bad boys episode and i'm curious if you'd like to see a bad boys 3 if so what would you have them doing keep up the good work jameson the great uh, and his new signature just like john the mailman says consider this email delivered Jameson the Great has a signature of self-proclaimed STL legend. So I love that, sir. That's epic. That's trademarked to you. I love it. And I did try to steal that for Movie Mojo Monthly, and he's like, you can't do that. Uh, You're you're copyright infringing on that. So so that's cool. I respect that. Uh, In regards to your question, um, I would love for a Bad Boys 3, and here's how I would probably do it. Um, I would kind of like to see them, as much as they're awesome together, kind of split up. Like, for example... Marcus is going to retire in like a week, you know, and I know this is kind of played out in, in Lethal Weapon, but do it where like either Marcus's family gets kidnapped or like like Marcus and his family get kidnapped and Mike has to 
find a way to rescue them. I think that would be pretty cool because you would you could still get the one-liners from each of them uh, and somehow maybe Mike and Sid work together to go rescue them. I, I don't know. There's something that's there. I really do think that there's a good story there. And as we all know, Michael Bay redeems himself on the third one. You know, just like Transformers 3, uh, he redeemed himself. So I think he could totally redeem Bad Boys if he were to do a number three, which is still in the works. It's supposed to be coming out in the next two years. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I would love for Bad Boys 3, and I really think they could do it right. So so thank you, Jameson the Great. Appreciate your email, sir. So the next email comes from John the Mailman. He said, what's up, Mike? How have you been? I love the Bat story. Which, thank you, sir. I'm glad you love the bat story. I'm glad my torture is your excitement. That's always good times. Let's hope it's all good now, which it has been. Uh, thank God. I think uh, I think we're all good. I think I got everything sealed up. So I've uh, been having lots of fun on the Facebook page as of late. Good job. Which, thank you, sir. You know, I, I love the Facebook page, which, of course, the main one's been pretty dead lately, which is okay because if you don't know, Facebook has this thing where now... If you have a, uh, a fan book, like your own fan page, like I do, you know, I have the Sweep Delay podcast fan page, only depending on how many people like your page, there's only a small percentage that actually see any of your posts. You know, for example, I, I heard this and I thought it was kind of, I thought it was untrue, but I would notice in Twitter, I would get Twitter updates from Film and Focus and Flicks, but then I go on my news feed and there wouldn't be nothing. So then I type in the main page, sure enough, there's the updates. So I started to really look look in this and it's true. Only about 18% of your fan base will see any posts that you make. So uh, if you are in a group setting though, uh, or you're on Twitter, you'll see every single post. So uh, I highly recommend that if you enjoy this podcast that you come join us over at the STL Nation Randomness Group. It's good times. You can post about anything you want. There's a lot of interaction daily on that thing. It's really good. Um, pretty much everything I post on the Sweep Delay podcast page, I also post there. Uh, but there's more interaction in the group than there is on that page because you get all the notifications all the time so it's super fun just type it in facebook and i get the immediate attention you know i get the immediate alert that somebody wants to be part of the group so then i'll go ahead and approve approve you and there you go and uh and then also i do have the facebook page linked to twitter so please follow on stl podcast in twitter so if you do miss any updates to make on facebook you will see it on the twitter feed so uh, I just wanted to, to let you guys know that's kind of a new thing. You got Some people got to pay like $200 to have all their fans see all their posts. And I'm not going to do that. I don't, I, could, you know, I don't have that kind of money just laying around. So uh, he goes on to say, I love Bad Boys 1. Will Smith is my boy. You don't know Will? I call him Will. Was from Philly, West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. Yeah, you guys know the rap. Uh, come on, Mike, just messing with you. Bad Boys 2 gets a lot of hate, and I can see why, but I like it maybe a 3.5 near 4. It's long, and it lasts 20 minutes, and the last 20 minutes seem pointless action. Will and Martin seem to come off a little different, but are still funny, which you are very true. They do come off different. It's hard to put a pinpoint on why they're different. But they still do work. I love the opening shootout, the car chase, and the funeral home part. Uh, some of my favorite lines are, I know what I know what an X-Man is. That's why I'm captain. Oh, that's so good. Um, Dan Marino. Oh, I love this. Uh, he tells Dan Marino that uh, 
Uh, Dan Marino should buy this car, but not this one because I'm going to F this one up. Uh, that Dan Marino scene is so funny. Uh, oh, so good. I forgot to mention that before. I kind of, I'm kind of forgetting all the details there, but that's one of the best lines of that. Uh, they're throwing cars. How, how am I not seeing that? A boat. How'd you sink a boat? And many more. And today I still use the line "wusa." Also, uh, almost too much. Have a great show. Can't wait for Judge Dredd, John the Mailman. Consider this email delivered. P.S. Kind of rushed it was at work. I think you did a fine job, sir. Thank you so much for that. And that is it for our emails for Bad Boys 2. I have some great ones already for Batman, Batman 89. Uh, some really, really good ones. So please feel free. Please write in for Batman and Robin. we recording that tomorrow night. And then Batman 89 will be coming out to you next week. Uh, I'm probably going to release Batman and Robin before I release Batman 89 just because, uh, you know, I kind of told you I was going to go out of order in regards to whenever I recorded with Jason, I would just release that episode. But we'll see how it goes. I'll see how the flow goes and stuff. Maybe I'll release it in the, the order, but it wouldn't come out till around the first week of July. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But that is it. If you want to write in at sweepdelaypodcast.yahoo.com. And uh, again, check out the uh, check out the Twitter page and the the group page. Don't forget on iTunes if you please can just make a uh, quick rating or review on there. I got 13 right now. I'd love to get a little bit more on there, uh, but you know it is what it is. And then there's also a YouTube channel. I promise to get that updated a little bit more. It's Sweep Delay Podcast channel. You can find that there. So let's get into the music spotlight. Here comes the ready and now. Right, music spotlight time and i hope you guys have been enjoying the uh the summer music spotlight series uh it's been fun trying to put it together um i did ask some of my fellow members if they enjoyed uh last episode's first song uh which uh which they did they thought it was really good and if you look inside your description like if you click into your ipod uh, you'll see the description of the show uh, at towards the bottom. I have listed of the previous episodes, music spotlight artist and title of that song. So then you can go find out, you know, if you like the song that I have played, you can go find it on iTunes. Uh, so and I'm just going to continue to do that for the rest of the series. So, uh, but this one here, I'm going to give you the information just because uh, I kind of want you already to know the information before you hear it. So you'll immediately dig it. Um, this one is a, a really cool song. I, it's uh, it's kind of new, uh, but I've been jamming to it nonstop. It's a really great summer song, I would say. And uh, last season on American Idol, there was this guy called James Durbin. And uh, James Durbin, he was kind of like... Uh, Kind of like uh, Axl Rose meets Adam Lambert uh, kind of voice. Uh, the the thing is, he uh, he had Tourette's syndrome, and he was always able to control it very well. He had a very good high pitched voice. Uh, he sounded really good. He was definitely a rocker. 
Um, and, and he loves wrestling. I mean, you always see him at the WWE events and stuff like that. Uh, he was a big fan favorite. He made it to the top four, and uh, he got booted at number four. Now, normally, for the end, they do like the top three will go home and they'll film uh, their home and all that stuff. Well, he was the only contestant to ever be able to be filmed at home being the fourth person. So a lot of people thought he was going to win, but he didn't, and they were happy about that, so he could be like another Chris Daughtry. Well, this song is called Higher Than Heaven. Uh, I, I just heard it. It's his new single. It came out uh, a couple weeks ago on American Idol. He performed this live, which is how I found out about the song, because I didn't even know he had an album. And he actually got signed to Wind Up Records, which is the record album, uh, the record label that currently holds Evanescence and Creed and uh, Alter Bridge. Uh, 12 stones used to be on there so it's a great great label it's kind of uh it's kind of an indie label so to speak and uh, he was signed to this and this song is really really cool uh i really dig it the the lyrics are awesome it's got one of those choruses that just stick in your head uh but you know of course it's it's called higher than heaven it's about you know being with uh as long as he as long as he has his wife uh you know he'll always be higher than heaven it's a really awesome song really dig it check it out and uh, like I said, normally I won't tell you the name of the artist or the song. You'll just find out the next week. But this time I kind of felt I needed to tell you just so you knew uh, who James Durbin was. Uh, you know, when I put it in your iPod for the next following episode, uh, you would already know who it is. And then the uh, the next song that I'm going to pick uh, that everybody knows is uh, I can say that everybody knows this because it's been played so many times. Uh, I mean, the video is real crazy. It's real flashy, uh, really, r- really ridiculous. I remember just hearing this all summer long. Uh, it was real annoying at first. Uh, this came out back in like the 90s, but uh, it's definitely one that anytime the, the moment the song starts, I'm just like, woo, you know, uh, it's good times. Uh, immediately when the song starts, you're going to know what it is. And, uh, and, and it was great to be able to review the Bad Boys series. I had a lot of fun with it. But uh, I cannot wait to start the Batman series. This is the series that I've been dying to do uh, because I have such mixed emotions about each film. And, uh, and my love and hate for these films uh, are just so immense and crazy. Uh, it's going to be really – I'm going to be really searching my soul when I'm be talking these movies because of how much nostalgia I have and how blind I really was towards these movies and how my eyes have been open ever since the Christopher Nolan movies have started. And uh, the emails have been great. Keep it up, guys. Good stuff. And uh, don't forget to email in before tomorrow night. And uh, by Tuesday, I will have a new episode out to you. Uh, regardless of what episode that is, you'll find out on Tuesday and then that Friday as well. Uh, as long as everything goes well, you'll get another episode. Regardless, guys, uh, however this plays out, you know, my family life is always crazy at home, so I always got to work around them. But regardless, you're going to get every Batman episode before the Dark Knight Rises come out. However, I have to do that, whether it be two episodes a week, three episodes a week, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're going to get it. And uh, and I'm excited. So uh, it's it's good time. So you guys take care. I will talk to you very soon. And uh, and this is your boy signing out. Masunas out.
your mark, ready, set, let's go. Dance for pro, I know, you know, I go psycho when my new joint hit. Just can't sit, gotta get jiggy with it. That's it, now honey, honey, come ride. TKNY, all up in my eyes. You got a rider, bag with a lot of stuff in it. Give it to your friend, let's spin. Everybody looking at me, glancing a kid. Wishing they was dancing a jig here with this handsome kid. Sick a cigar right from Cuba, Cuba. I just bite it, it's for the look. I don't light it. It'll weigh the hammer on the hands, they all play. Keep it up, jiggy, make it feel like four play. Yo, my cardio is infinite. <laughs> Big Willie Styles, all in it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. You on the ball with your kid? Watch your step, you might fall trying to do what I did. Mama, uh, mama, uh, I'ma come close in the middle of the club with the rubber duck. Uh, no love for the haters, the haters. Mad cause I got floor seats at the Lakers. See me on the 50 yard line with the Raiders. Met Ali, he told me I'm the greatest. I got the fever for the flavor of a crowd pleaser. DJ play another from the Prince of this Shore Highness. Only bad chicks riding my whip. South to the west, to the east, to the north. Bump my hips and watch them go off. But go off, but yes, yes, sure. You don't stop in the winter order. Summertime. I mix it high, getting jiggy with them. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. 850 IS, if you need a lift. Who's the kid in the drop? Who else will slip? Living that life, some consider a myth. Rock from South Street to 125. Women used to tease me, give it to me now, nice and easy. Since I moved up like Georgia Weezy. Cream to the maximum, I'll be axing them. Would you like to bounce with the brother that's flattening them? Never see Will attacking them. Rather play ball with shacking them, flatten them. Like getting. Thought I took a spell, but I didn't. Trust the lady of my life, she hitting. Hit her with a drop top. With the ribbon, crib for my mom on the outskirts of Philly. You trying to flex on me? Don't be silly. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. 